one more win. This is Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on whatever platform that you've chosen, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, leave us those five-star reviews, Spotify, or on YouTube. Hit the like and subscribe button. Got folks hanging out with us on a chat on a Saturday morning, hanging, hanging out with us. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Saturday morning because we have a lot to talk about today as the Denver Nuggets are one one win away from the franchise's first NBA championship. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. When you enter promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tum- tumbler with every order. My name's Matt Moore. I'm a senior NBA writer from the the action network here in Miami where the sun is shining. The clouds have parted. It's beautiful blue skies. I have a 45 minute drive to the airport because for some reason I booked out from Fort Lauderdale and not Miami. Uh, his, name, his name is Adam Mares. He's director of content for DMVR. Check out the pre and post game show before every nuggets game after every nuggets game in between every nuggets game. And I cannot imagine, imagine what the scene's going to be like on Monday night in the mile-high city as your Denver Nuggets are now one win away from an NBA championship thanks to their win on Friday night as they get the win uh, 108-95 versus the Miami Heat. Adam, there's a lot to get here, get to here. Um, can I go first or you want to go first? You go first. Go for it. You know what I was thinking about last night? I was thinking about a game in January. Again, one of those random games, you go to the arena and you're just like, yep, another night, got a Nuggets game. They faced the Oklahoma City Thunder. Nikola Jokic sat out that game. And the Nuggets got beat. And we did a whole show and the comments and Twitter and everything was about, like, this team is trash outside of Nikola Jokic. It was like, that was like, the whole thing. And I, you get to react after games. Like, you get to react after games. And you don't know. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you don't know. Like, the Celtics thought, Celtics fans thought, like, yeah, they'll be ready. But they weren't. You know, and Bucks fans thought like, oh, okay, sure, there's some stuff under the hood, but they'll be fine. But they weren't fine. And so you don't know through the season. But I thought a lot about that in this game when Nikola Jokic picks up his fifth foul on just – I got some gripes of the officiating I want to get to later as a non-fan. Um, he picks up his fifth foul, and Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown take the Nuggets home, along with Jamal Murray making absolutely phenomenal plays as a pure point guard. And this team is talented. This team is good. I just kept thinking of D-line, too. All the Nuggets are good. Like, all the Nuggets are good because they may play after play after play. On both ends of the floor, um, to get this win when Nikola only has 23 on, I believe, 18 shots is 19 shots. 23 on 19 shots. When Jamal only has 15 points on 17 shots. And for a team that everyone... I also, it's really, it's cool to like put the whole puzzle together because you and I had like these conversations in preseason about like, can this be a top 10 defense? Can this be an elite defense? And we're like, it can, 
it can, but they're going to have to put the work in. And what's funny is like they did, but they only did it between December and February and threw everyone off. And in these playoffs and particularly in the series, the Denver Nuggets defense has been superb and everyone has recognized it. All the media. Oh, uh, no, no, they haven't. Hold on. That part, that last part, everybody has recognized it. Not quite true. Not quite true. But we'll get to that. Who, in a not? Who hasn't? We'll get to that. In a, we'll get to that later because that's. A, I think that's a bigger topic. But your first topic, I love the idea. I said this on DNVR last night, but I love the idea that a team, a finals is four rounds or, or the playoffs are four rounds. And at some point, somebody's going to force you to do the thing you least want to do or at least have proven to be able to do. For Denver, you know, for Milwaukee a few years back, Giannis making free throws, you know, that was it. I remember back in 2013, LeBron didn't want to take any mid-range jumpers. And the Spurs said, fine, we're going to take everything away but mid-range jumpers. And he had ultimately had to start making some to get over the hump and win that series. I love this idea. It happens a lot. For the Nuggets, it was winning without Jokic. What are you gonna can you get over the hump if you have to survive a stretch without him? And that's what game four was. That five minutes that they played without Jokic, which first of all, by the way, started as a disaster. I think they were up eleven and their the league gets cut to five almost immediately. And it's like, oh God, this is going exactly how we think it's going to go. But the way they responded, Jamal Murray in particular. Aaron Gordon, but all of the guys defensively because the def- defensive work in that stretch was unbelievable. But the shot making and the big play making over that stretch and just the belief, Bruce Brown, unbelievable. And I love that that's how it happened. I love that it was like, okay, this is the final test. You have you've proven you've checked every other box, but can you survive a Jokic uh, being in foul trouble for five minutes? And they did it. And it ties it all together. You said you were telling me off before we started, that Jokic was his most open and, and maybe happy. <laughs> because this is the one he doesn't have to have the spotlight on him. This is the chance when he's always trying to say, like, look, guys, yes, I'm good. I, I'm proud of how good I am, but I'm only good because we built this team. Over the years, we've built this collection and, and this chemistry, and that's how we're going to get over the hump. For it to be definitively the reason why they got over game four is just so cool. Um. Everyone had the three where Nicola said after the game he wanted to kill him when he took that shot and he goes in and he's like, hey. Game Um, was kind of over at that point, though. But, yes. Yeah. But, like, there was a a straight line drive that Bruce had that was actually, to me, was like, that was the knife in the heart. Where it's like, reverse? Yeah. Um, He gets to that play and, like, the air just whooshed out of the building again. Yep. And Denver did a really good job taking the fans out of the game last night. Um, to be quite honest, like there was a much different vibe in, in the arena in game four, rather than game three, game three was, you know, coming off the win and you're like, you know, doesn't matter how much more talented they are. Like we're going to go up anyway, because he culture. And then they look lot, then like they got destroyed And game four was more of a, yeah, he culture. Like you will battle. No, yeah. Here's the thing, though, because D-Line's doing the same thing where he wants to diminish the heat stuff. Like, it's not. That that did get them this far, and if I were them, I would have believed in it, too. So It's, it's gotten that far. The thing, though, Matt, the reason I push back on this is, and Harrison had a great article about this this morning. Harrison, who's been so on point with this stuff, heat culture exists for a reason. They've proven it for years, and they've got to this point by it. Denver culture just arrived on the map. Denver culture matched heat culture because Denver did all the gritty stuff that got Miami here. Denver matched it. They just also happen to be way more talented. 
And that's why yeah, they dominated. No, let's, let's be really clear. So the, the difference here is what I'm talking about is like what actually goes in the heat culture, which is a lot of stuff that's like very, 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 very under the radar, under wraps and kind of top secret and that like people don't get to see. And then what it becomes is like shorthand for things. And that's where I was kind of like pointing out from the fans, but like, you're absolutely right. Like it's a, it's definitely a thing. like, I've talked a lot about like how the heat I, and I'll say this too, like tonight, last night was proof of it too, to what you're talking about organizational competency gets completely overlooked when we're just all stargazing. It's the most important thing. (laughs) It gets completely overlooked. Do you want to know who's won with super teams? Miami, who has a real infrastructure and culture. That's that's interesting. Warriors, who have a real culture and a real organization and a real infrastructure. Who hasn't? The Brooklyn Nets, when Joseph Sy took over and was like, no, 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 I don't care. Like, I don't care about your good coaching and everything you've tried to instill here, Sean Marks. No, 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 I want Kyrie and KD. That's going to be awesome. We're just going to sell – we're going to make so much money. Yeah, 100%. Like, Matt Ishbia, like – We'll find out. Yeah, Yeah. we'll find out. But, like, these teams that have built infrastructures and, you know, to that end, as much as, like, I've been as critical of them as anybody in town, I feel, but, like, the Cronkies deserve a lot – Josh Cronky in particular deserves a lot of credit for – how he has built an infrastructure and along the way, because like they were lost in like 2015. Yeah. And for them to have like, they, you had to find the right pieces. You had to find the right touchstones. And it wasn't like, it was Tim and it was Malone and it was Joker. And like Joker, Joker gets all the credit for it. Like, I don't say, I'm not even just saying that like he deserves, like he, he deserves and he receives all the credit for it. But like, that organizational structure is what set you up for wins like last night. Those guys believed in each other. Those guys played at a high level. Um, those guys are the, they proved that they're the better team. And now they're going back to Denver up 3 1. And the better team, I think the coolest part about this run, Matt, I, I thought Denver can win a title. I, you have Jokic, Murray, all these guys. I just thought they could do it. In this dominant a fashion, though, first time through, yep. it's unbelievable. And last night, <laughs> It's weird to say domination because I do think that Denver has had to take it every game. Like it hasn't just – game two was proof that they have to take it, right? Game two wasn't yeah. a just show up and win. And that's why I almost like that they didn't – that shot didn't go down at the end. It's like, no, you have to show up for these. Denver showed up for – when Denver shows up, they win and they win comfortably. I mean, that's a 13-point win that felt like a 30-point win. and But they took it. They took it from Miami. And they – I don't want to say demoralized them because, again, the Miami Heat aren't the type of team to get demoralized – but they, it just is clear watching it. And I think the guys playing are even like, we can make things tough, but we can't stop them. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about like what I'm sensing from the Heat as far as the postgame press stuff uh, goes and like the comments that they made after the game last night. We'll talk about that on the other side. I want to get to Jamal Murray's playmaking and the kind of a game that he had in, in the defense. Four. Uh, and I want to talk about the defense uh, as well because uh, Adam's going to cook on Nicole Jokic's defense. His time has come. We'll do that on the other side. First thing I need to tell you about bird dogs. Um, bird dogs, shorts and pants, they make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts are, uh, that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They fix that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement and they use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long go to birddogs.com 
slash locked on MBA and enter promo code locked on MBA for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MBA for a free Yeti style tumbler. You don't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked on Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this party today. Appreciate you guys being with us. On a Saturday, recapping the Nuggets win over the Heat in Game 4. They lead now 3-1. Uh, NBA teams with home court all-time are now 26-1 and all-time in the NBA Finals. Uh, as everyone obviously knows, the one in that one. Um, let's do Jamal, and let's do the defense. So, there was... I'll have to go back and look at the play-by-play to find out when this happened. There was a sequence where Jamal was forcing it. He His shots weren't falling. Um... They needed some offense late third quarter. Jamal like forces up a tough one and you can tell his legs are gone. Like that's the other problem is like his legs are, are starting to go a little bit. He's exhausted. He's, try- he's basically just trying to beat them to the rim because the heat threw the kitchen sink at him in game four. The amount of pressure they applied there, the heat's formula in went from, okay, let's defend them in game one to, all right, let's defend every, let's try and shut down everybody else and live with Jokic scoring in game two. Game three was, okay, that didn't work. Um, They got everything. So with a two-man game. So now let's throw everything at the two-man game. And not Jamal, Jokic, okay. And then, like, anybody else is going to beat us. And they did. And in part because of how Jamal played in this game in the fourth quarter. He comes back after, like, leaving the game for, I don't know, a minute, two minutes, and his approach was just like much different. Dylan said this earlier in the chat, and I want to point it out. Jamal was so mature. Twelve assists, zero turnovers. Old Murray, Old Murray would have been chucking in that fourth when Jokic was sitting, but he worked so hard and hunted the right play. That's true. Like Jamal was patient. He made the right play. He moved. He he is he has understood the floor and where to move to and how to get the defense to react to open things up on the other side over and over again in the series. Um, it is amazing to see Jamal adapt his game from, because he's always been so confident in what he can do. Like he knows that you like, you know, I can score 50. I know I can do this. Like, I know who I am, but like he, this isn't, you can win. You can win making winning plays. And Jamal Murray made winning plays all night last night on both ends of the floor. Yeah. (laughs) We always talk about Jokic's basketball IQ for good reason. Murray over the years has really developed into an, a player who oftentimes matches his Jokic's ability to read the court. And that's what this series has been about. Those two being able to adjust on the fly, read the court, and understand how to create shots. The way Jokic just bends the defense and, oh, you go this way, I go that. Murray does the same thing and has in this in this finals. And the reason, again, Matt, that I keep giving the Miami Heat fans or Miami Heat so much credit is because those are the things that are not easy. The those are the parts where it's like, no, Miami knows what you want to do, and they're going to try to force you to do this. And the fact that Jamal can come up with a 12-assist, zero-turnover game against a team that understands how to make things as hard as possible for you, that's the extra credit. That's I'm just not trying to diminish anything that Denver's doing here because I understand that Denver is being presented, albeit they have more talent than the Heat by a good margin, but they're still being presented with the chess match of, hey, put you in an uncomfortable position and how do you respond? Jamal Murray responded perfectly last night. 
even though the stat line, because I'm with you, the stat lines are almost unimpressive. 15 points, three rebounds. The 12 assists obviously stands out. But usually 15 points on 5 of 17 shooting, you'd think, did Jamal have an off night? Absolutely not. He won them a t- championship <laughs> last night, most likely, by having that performance and getting Denver what they needed in, in those moments. So Jamal, one of the biggest winners of this entire playoffs, if not the single biggest winner. I don't know. We can have that conversation when it's all said and done. But maybe the biggest winner – because of how clear it is that he's capable of doing everything that's required on the offensive end. Um, 121 offensive rating with Jamal on the floor last night. You mean historic. For people that don't understand the numbers there, 121 would be the best in the, of all time. Yeah. For a and, team. Done, and they keep doing this. That's one of the things that I was really looking at last night is this series is a good example of why – I, I want to keep this really short. The series is a good example of why I think advanced metrics are, are actually matter and are important, um, regardless of what various MVP advocates say. Like, <clears throat> the pace in this series makes this look close. And the pace in this series makes you go like, well, they only held them to like 100 and whatever. The pace is slow. You have fewer possessions. It's about how many points are you scoring in the possessions available. Like, this is all Miami's tactic because Miami knows like their strategy. And the Celtics used to do this in the 2010s. Um, because Pierce and KG were older and they just couldn't like they couldn't get up and down the floor and the team wasn't that honestly wasn't that good in like 2012. Like, it just wasn't that good. But what Pierce and KG would do is keep the game within range, right. just keep it slow because in a lower possession game, you hit one three and that <laughs> like that's a huge thing. So even if you dominated the game, you make like four plays and that can wind up winning you because if the possessions are so low, that switches the efficiency. Or, or, or like bank in a three or, or bank in a couple right. threes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Right. And so, right. And so like getting those little crazy plays to fall. But if you look at the overall aggregate of the series, like the Nuggets have a plus 10 point differential, which is like, that's killing a team. Like that's killing a team. If you're up, if you're beaten by 10 points for a hundred. So um, that's something to matter here. <clears throat> um, but hold on. I want to say, I did, cause I had another point about this. The, I, the the playoffs really are about two things. One, can you adjust your offense so that you can solve any defense? And then the same thing on the other side, can you are you capable of stopping every type of offense that is thrown your way? Denver's defense, and I know we should get that in the next segment, but Denver's defense has done that. But the offense to me is the part that is just so cool because they've gone up. The one thing I hate, is the revisionist history about easy path this or that. Denver's been faced with so many different challenges. The teams they've played have been so different, but the results have been the exact same, meaning Denver has gone up against rim protectors and not, and fast break gate teams and not. It doesn't matter. They score every time the exact same way. And that's the part that I most believed in, honestly, in the Jokic era. <laughs> I most believed that they were capable of adjusting and being malleable to, to, to attack anyone. But in this playoffs, it's clear as day. They have not been bothered for more than a game here, a game there. They have not been bothered defensively. Or I should say they are bothered, but they overcome it, and it looks the exact same. 121, 118 offensive rating. doesn't matter. They've been doing it. On the other side, we will talk about the defense, about Nikola Jokic uh, just destroying narratives left and right as far as that goes. Um, Eventually, someone's going to put him in the pick and roll, (laughs) <laughs> right uh we'll talk about that on the other side but first i need to tell you about fandle 
Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sport, sports book. Bet the first half under. <clears throat> it's hit in all of the games. Really? In these, in these finals. It's hit in now 12 of the last 15 NBA finals games, and it is uh, 70% in these playoffs. The first half under has been absolutely rock solid. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. We'll be right back on Locked on Nuggets. Back here on Locked On Nuggets. Thanks for joining us, making this part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us on a Saturday. Um, I imagine I'm gonna we're gonna do a show Monday. We'll recap Media Day from Sunday and like prime up for for Monday night. Um, Al and I will let you know then like what our post game plans are for game game five, depending on the outcome. Um, Suck defense, my friend. I'm going to save the floor to you and let you get your takes off here about what you saw from the defense, and especially Nikola Jokic over the past two games, who has become uh, Nikola Matumbo uh, in the paint. Nick Wright had a line that was a great line the other, before the Nuggets played the Lakers where he said, betting against LeBron is, has been the worst bet for 20 years. It's been the worst bet in, in, in the NBA in 20 years, and that's why he picked the Lakers to beat the Nuggets. And it's a good line. Honestly, it was a good line. Like, it... it, it Oftentimes, he arrives at the wrong conclusion, but has a great way of getting there. That's entertaining, and I honestly respect it in some ways. <clears throat> Jokic, betting against Jokic is the new worst bet in sports. We've rode this all the way to the top. The All the little things people said, well, he can't do this, he can't do that. The last one, because you said people are starting to recognize. I, I put out Jokic's uh, plays elite defense or something like that last night. You know, just because it was unbelievable. I thought this game was one of the best defensive games of his career on the, you know, in the biggest stage and biggest moments. But to me, that's one that everybody pushed back on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. You don't know what you're talking about. And I just want to. I'm not this type of person. It's not my brand. Maybe I'll probably get there on Monday or something. But I want to quote tweet it and said, just bet against me again. <laughs> like, I. this has been one of the satisfying parts of the Jokic experience is getting to be right about every little level. But everybody constantly finding ways to step in the mud again uh, on the takes against him. Like, well, actually, that's not true. It's that, no, guys, I'm telling you, he can't guard in space because no big can, because the NBA is broken in that way. And he's not a big jumper, so he's not blocking shots into the stands. That's the easy part of defense. That's the easy part to recognize of defense. The part that you don't get is just how many disruptions he get, how much he funnels guys into the wrong spots and lures people into different uh, to different things, rebounds the ball, and just has the IQ to understand that's a shot we should allow because it's a low-value shot, and that's a shot we shouldn't, and can we force him into this? Last night, he I don't know how many deflections he got or how many bad passes he Seven. forced. Is that Seven a lot? I don't even know if that's a lot for a game. Is, I'm not joking. Is it a lot? The second most was two. Okay. <laughs> there you go. So, yes, it's a lot. But and then all the steals, the blocks, and all just the little plays that he impacts. Um, he was awesome. And and the funny thing is, you know, coaches have come out and said that he's a great defender. And then Jimmy Butler came out and said he's a great defender. And people are still like, no, he's not. And I just love it because it gives me another thing to get to go into next season now, most likely, of being like, Yeah, 
I'm right about this one too, but you guys can keep wrapping yourself up in the wrong take until it becomes undeniable the way everything else has become undeniable with him. Uh, Joker is tied right now for the most deflections per game in the NBA playoffs for any player that has played more than one series. So it's Jimmy, James Harden, who's actually a really good deflections guy, um, and, and, and Joker. And total deflections, he is second behind Jimmy Butler, who has played two more games than him. So it's uh, like... <clears throat> That's and it's a big part. Like block shots, I know we everybody knows this. Block shots sometimes are good, sometimes they're not. There's auxiliary benefits of like obviously rim deterrence. People get afraid to go into the rim, but a block shot doesn't always turn into a recovery. It still does. These deflections do. Like these, a deflection is like a block. Sometimes it leads to a steal, sometimes it doesn't. But it disrupts the play and it causes people to second guess. He's getting so many of those, and when you watch the game, you see it. You see how many plays. It's like. Oh, Miami has something here. Deflection. Nope, it's yeah. over. Also, I just – I really want to stress this. Um, it was a point made by, like um, – I've known Zach Lowe a, a long time. Like, he's the best sports writer in the in, in, in the world, in my opinion. Um, you've been on, on the low post. But when Adam was, was talking about the, the kickball deflections, it was a really weird – and, like, it's okay. Like, it's he's always been very pro-Jokic. But it was a really weird point to me because, to me – how many times he does those kickball deflections it's showing up in this series if you the skill <laughs> not only is it a skill like here's the benefit when he does that it forces the entire action to reset miami doesn't want to reset they've got to flow into one action over another with ball movement because they don't have the individual talent to just go out and be like i'm just going to rise up and hit the shot they don't have that they don't have those guys and so when you force them back into the action they're like oh god luke you know, we got this down to we it's finally create, we, we were in position to create a shot, and now we got to do all that stuff over again. And oh. it's just like it's frustrating for teams to be like, okay, well, back, back, back. All right, let's run again, like over and over and over again. Um, you actually mentioned the block. He's had some great blocks in the series. He had the block on Kyle Lowry in game in game three. He had the block on Bam Adebayo in game three. Um, he's been really good on that end. And even the Bam dunk that he missed and then bent the rim on. Yep. Jokic, I thought you know, maybe Jokic got away with a foul or something in real time. He didn't. He got his didn't. hand in the perfect spot yeah, just he got to disrupt it, right it. I watched it four times. Yep, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yep, like he's done. He's done absolutely everything on that end. Um, Om Young Masuk of uh, ESPN was actually asking me about. It. He's like, is Jokic getting better on defense as the, as the playoffs go along? And I was like, yeah, like I, I would say that. Like he's gotten. I do you think he was this, like? Have you ever seen him this good? Well, I yes. I mean, I just think that he is this good at his peak. It's just okay. that he's never – I've always said, man, I've maintained this. And I think it's true of all bigs, true bigs, not the Bam Adebayos of the world, just the guys that aren't true centers. It takes way too much energy to do this. Like players yep. – more players can do it than do, but it takes way too much energy. And Denver has had good fourth-quarter defense and good clutch defense, and that's what made me think. And then the only question was, how long can you do it? Can you do it for 48 minutes? Can you do it for a full playoff run? But the Nuggets, in my opinion, have proved, and Jokic has proved that yes, they can play at least a majority of a playoff run at this caliber of defense. And all of the finals minus one game, they've yeah. been at this level. Yeah, and like this, so much of this, like I kind of wrote, I wrote a column about this last night from a national perspective of, of as far as like Miami goes. Like I'll have more to say after to it after the finals, like Boston in particular, like the Bucks there was a lot of stuff going on under the, the hood there and Giannis got hurt, hurt 
and like that changed that changed everything once Giannis got hurt. <clears throat> but like Boston should be killing themselves. Like just it's it's not that Miami's not good. They are because of all the stuff that you've talked about that you've constantly said about how disciplined they are and how they play together. But like those are things that you should be able to aspire to. Like that should be your goal anyway. You should not you shouldn't just be like we're just going to roll the ball out there and be the better team and be the more talented squad. That's not going to get you there. It's not. And like Denver Oh, right. Well, the opposite is cutting Miami here because honestly, that is what they you, – if you don't beat yourself, half of basketball is mistakes that you make, right? Half of it is shooting yourself in the foot. If Miami doesn't do that, then some team has to take it. And I'll be honest, I'm surprised Milwaukee and Boston weren't up to that challenge. It's a little crazy, but they weren't. They weren't. They weren't. They absolutely Because they right. also were more talented than Miami. Um, do you think they get it done in game five? I would be shocked beyond belief if they didn't get it done in game five. I just think that they have this team. I don't want to say figured out because, again, I think they have basketball figured out. So it's not just about they have the heat figured out. It's that this team, and it's mostly Jokic and Murray, but it's also Aaron Gordon, Bruce Brown, KCP, even Michael Porter. They just know what to do in every scenario. That continuity and chemistry is so real because they've been presented with so many scenarios and they can adjust on the fly to say, oh, we know what to do when a team does this front in the post, goes over the screen, goes under the screen. We just know what to do, and we adjust in real time. And that's why I just think Miami has thrown everything at the wall and realized Denver now has seen it all, and they're just comfortable adjusting to whatever we do. Even the zone, they didn't play the zone, Matt. They didn't even go to the zone last game. Yeah. Because Denver has it figured out. It's just all of the, the trap defense, honestly, is like, Trapping Murray high when he comes off of the screen and trying to get the ball out of his hands. To me, it's actually a bad strategy, but I understand that they're kind of out of ideas. They're like, well, we just have to stick to this and try to go as hard as we can. But Denver knows what to do there. And they got dunks, alley-oops, layups out of it. And it's that's why I just think as this series has gone on, Miami's adjustments have become weaker and weaker and weaker. In this game, they were the weakest. I think in game five, they're going to get weaker still. Heat fans are hanging on to the fact that, like, well, their best game that they played played was in Denver. Um, I just got a game, game two was – I'm going to take the Nuggets at their word, which is that the Nuggets feel very strongly that that game went that way because of how Denver approached that game. Like, it, sounds, it sounds disrespectful, but it's also true. It's also true. Like, Denver Denver bought in to what they to, – to the – the press and the, and like, honestly, it's a, it's a little understandable because the finals are such a big stage. Right. And like, they didn't play well in game one and they won and they just simply did not. And then like, you know, we're going to talk for years, I think about the Jeff green dinner, um, which AG was not at by the way, because he was sick. MPJ was people made a big deal about that. MPJ was there. AG was not. Um, Comments are really funny. Bruce just keeps being like, the house is super nice. That is such a, (laughs) that is such a nice house. Um, that and then the, the the film session the next morning and like they needed to recenter and they recentered and they dominated and they took both games in Miami in the finals they took both games on the road in the finals and I, I want to talk a little bit about this before we get out of here the post game comments I, I pay real close attention um, look po- I've been doing this a while right post game comments could be whatever and there's a lot of not- things that are just said to be said finals are a little bit different right, for various reasons. And the Heat have gone from 
yeah, well, everyone said that we couldn't beat these other teams and we just find a way. So we don't care after game one to like, all right, this is going to be a challenge, but we know that we're up for up for this. And they took game two and they were like, see, like we're in a good spot. Game three was a real breaking point where it was like, oh, like the comments after that game really changed. Gabe Vincent made a comment that was basically we we have such a, a small margin for error. Right. right. It was like a very small which is an acknowledge- yeah, you're, you're, this is You're the best at this, Matt mining the subtleties of what people say and like that you're right that we have such a small margin for error is a concession of we have to be perfect to beat this team and we kind of yeah. know it yeah and then after last night it's um there's no quitting us you know we know right. we know and like Spolster after Spolster after game through after game six of the celtic series was like we're gonna yell on that bird we're gonna go to boston we're gonna win and after this one he's like you're not going to sleep. That's okay. It's a tough loss, but we're going to get on. We're we're going to go to Denver. We're going to and, and we're going to compete, and we're going to try and get this back to the three hundred five. A, a pinch like, more of a Sisyphean resolve. Yeah, a little, a little, yeah. little, little bit. Right. Yeah. Let's not say they can't win. You know, there's a number of ways that they can win Game Five. Um, right. I, I I think there's one way. I don't, I I know this. I don't want to be too cocky about it, but uh, look, I'm watching the series. I see how it's unfolding. There's only one way, and that's a repeat of Game Two's focus. To me, Denver can win this game when they play their best. Meaning, when they if they bring an A game, they win, regardless of the shooting variance, regardless of what Miami does. Denver is the better team by a good enough margin that if they just don't lose focus, if they come out and do the things that got them to this point, they will win the game. Um. Is MPJ going to hit three in the series like at, at any point? That's the one thing I will say about Miami is <laughs> they, I, I've talked about how they've made all the adjustments. The last adjustment, and it would be uncharacteristic of them, would be for them to throw out their offensive lineup. They actually did it a little bit at last game. I mean, they kept playing Duncan Robinson. Yep. We didn't get into the X's and O's of this, but some of this was Miami realizing they're down so much and they're going to play their offensive lineups that can't guard anybody. And usually when they do that, they go zone. But they go, our zone's not working anymore either. So we're going to play man-to-man. We're going to play our bad defenders, and we're just going to see what happens. And, of course, that's part of why Denver's bench unit without Jokic was able to score the, the, the way they did, is that was not Miami's best shut-em-down def- uh, defensive team. And Denver took advantage of it. The only adjustment I could see Miami doing, and I don't think it'll work, is if they do decide to start playing Struess and Robinson together and just say, we're we're not stopping this team anyway. What did you just say? 121 offensive rating with Murray on the court? Saying we're not doing that anyway, so we might as well go see if our, our shooters spot their shot tonight and go. And if they do that, I think Porter does get open shots. And I think at home, he gets an opportunity to win them. So Miami has kind of gone defense, defense, defense with a pinch of offense here and there. Maybe in game five, they say, what do we have to lose? Let's try to shoot them out the game. I think it's. I think the lineup is actually because uh, I think Struz has been terrible in the series. He can't do anything on defense. Like it's just too much size. It's but they won one game. Yeah. And, and um, who was the who was the big player in the first quarter? Yeah, that's what's really funny. Is like right. only, somebody said that he's only scored in two quarters in the series. Right. It's true. But sometimes um, that's how Porter is. Like some Porter's good games are often good quarters, quarters. and it's like, but it matters that much. Um. The lineup for me for for Miami is probably Lowry, Vincent, Robinson, Butler, Bam, and like. But even Vincent was like, yeah, he's. Because I agree with you about Vincent, but he was not good. <laughs> <laughs>
No, he was he's, he hasn't been good since game two. Like he was great in games one and two, and then Denver decided to be like, oh hey, let's not let him walk into open two dribble pull ups. Like they just they cover that up. Um, okay, Monday is the biggest day in the history of the franchise. We'll have you covered. We'll do a, a pregame show. We'll do a postgame show at some point. It'll probably be a very late night if the Nuggets do, in fact, if the Nuggets do, in fact, win. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Enjoy the weekend. Rest up. Have a restful weekend because you're going to want to have a good time, whether at the DMVR bar or wherever you choose or at Ball Arena on Monday. We'll talk to you guys again. Or both. Uh, or both. Hit, hit both up. We will talk to you guys again on Monday. Thanks for joining us. You're one win away from the NBA championship, Denver. We'll see you again on Monday for another edition of Locked on Nuggets.